Wow. Not much, not much. Back again today with my two brothers, Black Kings, my boy Broom and Ed. Welcome to another episode of We Still Ain't Got Our Shit Together podcast. I'm your host, John Willis Jr. And let's go ahead and jump right into it. COVID update. COVID update. How do we feel about COVID-19 now that we have lived through it for four to five months almost? Really four months, right? I'm guessing about four months. Um, there's a few things I want to talk, talk, touch topic based on. Um, and the first question I'm going to ask, I'm going to direct it to Broom. And how do you think COVID has been handled thus far? Uh Government wise, oh, um, bad. <laughs> I mean, for any of it, terrible to be to, to be honest. I mean, I, um, I know they were trying their best to stick to the capitalist mindset, mm. but um, in this situation, you can't you can't have capital if no one can go anywhere. Like you can't say, hey, no one no one can leave, or we don't want anybody socializing and going to these businesses. And then at the same time, hey, but keep spending money. Yeah, like, you know that that was a terrible thing, and I, I just don't think we we planned it out well. Like you didn't you didn't take the precautions, um, and because our society is so you know finance finance driven, um, I think we we just we just did a horrible job through this whole time. I mean, there's so many ways to talk about it, but I think just overall, then just to sum it up, it was just a bad just a bad plan. It was a bad move. Um, I think the federal government should have stepped in, and I'm not a big, you know, supporter of federal government, mm-hmm. you know, mandates. But to then start that way, sort of start the conversation, and then go say, "Oh, never mind, we'll let the states do what they want to do." I think that was a that was a stupid plan, especially seeing as as the world is today. Like every all 50 states are connected. Businesses aren't just based in California anymore. Like you travel from California to Texas, Texas to New York for meetings like it's not just for deals like you might just meet on something across country so then to, to not have something federally that kind of smooth that out was, was kind of foolish alright Slim go ahead and uh, tackle the same topic how you feel I don't know if you you know echo the same sentiments that Broom just did uh, but go ahead and let me hear what you got to say I, I definitely feel the same I mean you can't have all the states having different ideas on how to manage a crisis because everybody has a different outlook on how they want to manage something. So, yeah. case in point where we are, you know, you you got yeah. the governor and the mayor beefing, and then you go out and you see people having pool parties in the club. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't. It's, it just ain't. It ain't gonna work. It ain't gonna work out. I get it. I get it. I mean, I definitely echo both of your sentiments uh, for sure. I think that's funny to me. Like, I've always felt like what America does is protect its power class, right? And so I feel like every move that we've done so far has been to protect those that are going to benefit the most from this exact crisis that already has the most money in general, right? So when you think about it, Broom kind of alluded to it. You know, stay home, but spend, right? But who you spend it with? Like, I'm not going to mention people that made tons and tons and tons and tons and like triple their worth during this four month crisis, you know, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Um, but at the end of the day, if that's what you call investing into the economy in itself, you know, so be, I mean, 
at the same time, that person still did give the most amount of jobs in that time frame. So, I mean, I get it. I mean, so it's a lot that comes with it. I think that we we needed to think socially rather than, as Bruno said, as a capitalistic society, but thought more as a social society dealing with um, a pandemic. And, Ed, man, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like, you know, certain states is just wild. Like, New York shut down completely. And Georgia went haywire, you know what I mean? <laughs> like we 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 turned up. Oh, COVID! I'm having a COVID party this week, bro. You gonna be there? Yeah, mask optional. <laughs> mask mask optional. And you know, and then Florida, you know, Florida just took it to a whole nother ball game, boy. So I mean, definitely watching states <laughs> crash and burn dealing with this has been definitely interesting. Uh, to 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 that topic in itself. Um, with that being said, I think the next thing I want to hop into is how we feel the stimuluses are stimulus and thus stimulus to to happen has been handled um, here and how we felt that we could have better dealt with such a stimulus uh, at this time. Um, so. I'm going to jump right back to you, Broom, and let's go ahead and uh, run down the stimulus and how you felt that was that was dealt with um, in our country. Um, I think it was it was poorly it was poorly executed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how they factored out the numbers and things like, like that. But when you say twelve hundred per person one time, um, most people make twelve hundred in, in two weeks. Right. That's that's half a check. Right. When, when you, you really break it down. So when you when you say to yourself like all right I'm getting half a check for per adult and then oh yeah we'll we'll throw in you know the, the extra for a kid it's like all right you know that may get me through um, half of my bills for that month but then, then that was once in four months and then now the next one's coming at some point in time in the future we don't know exactly when um, and then not canceling anything the stimulus would have worked if you would have held mortgages like other countries did like you know hey no mortgages um i saw a guy online he was having a rant but he had, he made a good point he was like you don't have to cancel it just add the years on the back end to their mortgage <laughs> you know you don't have people because it, it's it's messed up you're they're saying they'll hold it all right cool but then when they release the freeze you owe three months of, of mortgage like come on man like that's ridiculous most people are just you know getting there and you can say well that's their fault but that's kind of how our country runs right you get something on credit and and figure out how to make the payments, right? Because everything is run on credit. You can make all the money in the world. If you needed to rent something, they're going to run your credit. But I have a million dollars. Right? I can pay for the whole year right now, cash. Oh, no, no, we need to run your credit. We need to see a credit history. We need to see a rental history. I have the money for you in my hand. Do you want it? Nah, I need your credit. So it's 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 like, come on, man. It's, it's um, it, it, it was just counterintuitive to me. To, to give somebody a check and say, well, look, we helped you. You didn't help, right? There, People are getting evicted. like they, so they, Then they put a freeze on evictions. But now, and over the last couple of weeks, those things, those things have timed out. So people are getting evicted right now. Most people haven't been able to go to work. Every job isn't, isn't a, a job that can translate to a, a at-home or work-from-home situation. So people are getting put out on the street with no hopes of getting another job, right? It was, again... A lot of people are working at small businesses or local businesses that are brick and mortar. Mm. So to say, like, well, you know, you can find an online job. There, there. 
how many online jobs are there, right? You know what I mean? Like, we, let's be honest. So it's just, like I said, the way America was built, um, and, and people have been, economists have been talking about it for years, our infrastructure is is dated, and we don't have the, the type of infrastructure that can, that can go into the future, and it needs some reworking. But I, like I said, the stimulus was a poor thing, and they should have really factored in average, well, I guess they probably did average income, but I, I feel like $3,000 a month would have been best for people with kids. At least if you have one child, 3000 I think the max, like we talked about before, I think the max should have been $3,500. Um, and they should have been doing it as long as this pandemic is going to last. And again, everybody shouldn't get the 3000 but I mean, at least... You know, twenty four hundred should have been the low end. Like, if you're a single person, you get the twenty four. You're married, you get the three. You got kids, you get thirty five. And you know, if you're working, then we'll we'll adjust that here and there. But I think everybody at all levels, unless you're you know a millionaire, um, and maybe then I could be being short sighted or narrow minded, thinking that they have you know more money than they do. Um, but I just don't think we we thought about the American people at all. And I. You know, there's more stuff we can talk about, but you know, we'll, we'll, I'll wait till the circle back around to me. Yeah, go ahead, Slam. Jump, go ahead and jump into that, bro. Um, tell me how you feel like you know that stimulus was was, was definitely carried out. Well, definitely by this time, I thought we was definitely we're gonna have more of a consistent stimulus mm-hmm. because I mean, think about it we we got the stimulus check maybe like in May. So we maybe well, and I thought it was April. And some April, people April, may, April. or maybe you know, I guess it varies. And guess what? Some people still ain't get their check from what I heard. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. but I thought we would have something more consistent because what's twelve hundred dollars? Twelve hundred dollars don't even take care of half my monthly expenses. <laughs> and I mean, just on the average rent, you might as well say the average rent is a thousand dollars a month. I mean, that's yeah. what you gonna do? It's not gonna get you anywhere, you know? Yeah. So. Um, and I just think that you know it could be it could have been better stuff put in place on kind of how to like you know get something more consistent to the people because it's a setup in a in a sense because if you if you have about to have all these people get evicted once you have an eviction on your record you can't find nowhere else to live or it's gonna be super hard. Oh yeah. So sure. it's like you know what are you gonna it's like what are you gonna do you know. In that situation where you're trying to dig yourself out of a hole, but you can't, right? Because everything, you know, the way it works is, is basically they're like, well, you know, it's been four months. Where my four months rent at? That's it's not. Funny. It's not. It hasn't gone anywhere. It's like, okay, well, you're in a constant hole. I, and I think that's funny that you said a constant hole. I mean, because Broom alluded to it. I mean, our country works based on credit, right? And I think that's one of the things that as a parent, like you definitely have to teach your kid debt to income ratio and credit, right? That matters. And it's not what's given. When you look at 90% of Americans, 90%, and I don't mean just how much you make. You you can make two, $300,000 a year and still live check to check, right? You can own a business and live check to check. Like, I think that's something that, you know, a lot of Americans were able to come to grips with that not everybody has put away nest eggs, right? You don't have those nest eggs put away. You live on borrowed money. Like, you see what I'm saying? So, yeah, because you're working, you're able to pay monthly on these things that we have, our homes, our cars, like, you know, the clothes we wear. Everything that we're doing is somehow gathered into monthly payments. 
And, you know, Ed said, you know, that hole just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So when, when, when I think about it, right, we talked a little bit about people who have to go to work, right? Let's talk about people that do white-collar jobs, right? People that had the ability to work from home. But some of these really big companies were affected to the point that even if you could work from home, your monthly income was cut by 25 to 30%, which is outrageous, right? <laughs> and, and, you think, and you think about that. If you made $100,000 or more, you didn't even receive a stimulus at all as if what you did, you're supposed to know how to handle your money, right? But you live in a country that doesn't want you to know how to handle money because that's how capitalism works. So when we talk about it, you know, it's, it's very interesting because it just shows you that as a country, the people were not thought of, right? So Broome mm-hmm. kind of mentioned, you know, putting mortgages on hold, putting rent on hold. Uh, you know, I, I even so much to say is eliminate all student debt would it cost the same amount. <laughs> I'm about to drop it down. Would it cost the same amount or a smaller amount than uh, paying out the stimulus package for the first stimulus package? Think think about the PPE loan that was given uh, for small businesses, right? How many of that PPE loan was mishandled to larger businesses than uh, not given <laughs> to the mom and pop shops that was out? I mean... What was it? It was a food chain that was like, yo, we're so big and we make so much damn money that you made sure our PPE loan went through before everybody else. They gave it all back. The Lakers did the same thing. So that just shows you that just shows, how, how corporations think. Like, <laughs> what, are you, what are you going for a loan for? <laughs> You're a billion-dollar entity. What are you talking nah, about? Because nah, I, I saw that, too. How do the, how do the Lakers classify How, how the Lakers classify? How do they even qualify? Dude, dude my, point is, my point is saying, like, yo, and the key was this. Governments pushed bigger business to the front of the line, bro. To the front of the line for the PPE loans, right? That's that's outrageous to me. So the people that necessarily need, like, I mean, I think I talked about it on the first time we did the COVID episode. Um, my favorite salad restaurant closes down. This is a mom and pop salad shop, bro. They need the PPE. Like, why are companies right. giving back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars based on this money, you know, that they never needed in the first place. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's very telling for people that you have to realize you got to educate yourself at this moment in life moving forward so that you put yourself in a position to be okay. And, and I think with that, putting yourself in a position to be okay is very relative, right? Very relative. So... I thought it was definitely interesting how that part was handled. Um, Let's talk a little bit in layman's terms. Like, you know, being the average man, we're all in our 30s. By by the way, 33, so, you know, Jesus year, baby. You feel me? That Pippin. (laughs) That Pippin life. Lock up. (laughs) But, nah, um, let's just talk a little bit about being the average guy. What helps the average Joe with a family like us? What do you think could have helped us in a sense of what you think you would want to see, especially now after going through four months of what we have already gone through? What do you think could have been better put in place to help people like us in, in just that main sense? Go ahead, bro. Um, student loan debt. Um, 
that when that conversation came up, that came it came up early in the in the in the COVID talks, and I think they should eliminate all student loan debt, private and, and federal, at this point. Just all, of it, all of it, Give all it, of it. Get rid move of it. it on, because um, I think the average person again. I, I didn't look these things up, but the average person I think is paying between four and and, and eight hundred dollars a month on that, and that alone, you know, you you probably wouldn't even have to have done the like the unemployment six hundred dollars or any of that if you just eliminate if you eliminated student loans, that would have been a whole different thing. Because if, yeah. if you think about it, the bulk of the workforce at this point, at this point, the bulk of the workforce is us. Yeah, everybody who graduated from college between the years of oh six and and ten. The bulk of the workforce, middle management, and those things are us. 30, 30 to 35, 30 to 38 people, you know, all those people. Um, and we're all, in some form or fashion, <laughs> paying Brownie. student loans, right? So <laughs> yeah. that would have been the easiest way to help somebody with a family. Um, and again, I, I don't see too many other ways you could have gone about it, of course, besides freezing, um, you know, mortgage and rent payments. Uh, there's Because there's no really... There's, things aren't open, so it's not like I can say subsidize for for child care because there is no child care, right? Uh, so that that's. <laughs> let me stop me on that. My daughter has yet to cease going to child care since this pandemic has started. So some places got child care. <laughs> hey, well, hey, lucky you. So yeah. that's what I mean. That's the other thing too. It's it's state by state, and mm -hmm. it, it, so that's the hard part. Everything is by your state. Are certain things open? Are and then on top of that, in your state is counties. Like you know, up here, our county, uh, Walla Walla County, is able to do things that you're not able to do in in, a, in another county. Yeah. You know, closer to let's say Seattle. So everybody's in different phases. There's this, you know, it's it, it, it's scattered all across the place. So I don't know, man. I just think that you should have taken care of the things that are plaguing the American people, and, and that is debt. If you want the people to spend money, eliminate the debt. You don't have to give them more money. You ain't got to give right? them more. Take away, take away what they need to pay. All of a sudden, they got more money. It's they the same it. amount of money. You didn't have to change. You didn't have to come up with anything. But, but, I mean, the economy would explode it right now. Like, think yeah. about that. Easily. I'm about, I'm about to come to you, Slim, but I want to think about that right now. Like, you, you really think about taking back between 400 to $800 per month easily i mean it's definitely within that range that's, i mean that's not even a large gap but i think the average is like five maybe 450 550 a month depending if you're on income based plans by the way if you do need help with student loan payments go hit up our boy brenton uh with uh ultra bar academy yeah, ultra bar academy um his stuff is real good um pay attention to that he gets lots of great information um but beyond that i mean i just think about it like this if you were to eliminate I just talk about eliminate student debt. In two to three months, your economy would have exploded right now. The ability to get business loans. Now, because people are going to still borrow. I mean, I think people are still stupid, right? We're still going to borrow. We're still going to do a lot of stuff. We're going to put all that money that you just took away from us right back into the economy. People are buying homes. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Interest rates, 2.3, 2.6. I got to buy a house. <laughs> Like, it would have yeah. all jumped all the way right back in to the process in which America would have had more money in the economy than they've ever had, you know, probably since maybe the 40s um, or maybe early 30s. You know what I mean? So you would have had – everybody would have been homeowners. Everybody would have been in that ability to really start to gain capital. Business, More businesses would be created through COVID in itself. Like, I think what people forget – 
as in through crisis, that's where most big business comes. Like usually like Uber, the last the last depression came Uber. Oh, shoot. You ain't got the money for a taxi. F it. We got regular people coming to pick you up. What? Huge business comes through times of crisis. And that would have put us in a perspective in a place where people that have the mind to think entrepreneurial would have stepped up and like, oh, snap. Um, I ain't got no, no, no student loan debt no more. Oh, you don't wipe that out? I ain't got that $600 monkey on my back. Let's rock. Yeah, so, man. I mean, I think that's very interesting. Go ahead, Slim. I just want to chime in on that one part with Ed. But what do you think could have been done um, for the regular man in your position uh, and your mindset um, moving forward with this? Well, for the regular man, the only other thing outside of student loans, and I think we talked about this one day, was just literally would have to be mortgage or rent. Yeah. Because... For the average person, your mortgage or rent is probably your highest bill for the month. For yeah. most people, so if you if you could freeze mortgage and you could freeze rent, let's just say your average rent is between a thousand and fifteen hundred a month. By this time, if mortgages and rents were frozen, you would have at least ten thousand dollars or more. Or more sitting in the bank. Some people's rent and mortgage is higher than you know fifteen hundred dollars. You know so. Yeah. That in itself, I think, would be a huge boost if you could just say, without even having to give people money, just say, freeze my rent, freeze my mortgage. That that would be probably my highest bill eliminated, you know? Yeah. And be, I, I believe that would go for the average person as well. Like, that would be a huge help. Yeah, I think that's super real. Um, I definitely echo both of your sentiments. Um, and it's... And it's... And it's almost like what 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 you see... Um, comparative to both parties have yet to show real like human nature like i think it's so funny when people laughed at bernie sanders when he said you know the first time he ran eliminate all student debt oh that's so retarded but you know college students <laughs> college students like yes please absolutely <laughs> take that away i mean i think honestly when you think about it i mean the world is always paid based on skill college is college is a theory-based institution right I, I want to put that out there. College is a theory-based institution. Not saying that you can't garner skills, like if you want to be a doctor or a scientist, but for the most part, if you're going to school, it's theory-based, right? So at the end of the day, you're not leaving school with a certification in IT, right, Slim? Even though you end up with an IT degree. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you don't leave school with your, you know, your master, well, well, masters is still a theory based, but you don't leave school with saying your project management certification, saying that now you're a project manager and you can go to a business and be able to handle this project right away, which is skill based. So, I mean, you still look at it as being a theory based institution that people have invested in, which does not garnish a skill. And what has happened with that is you have what is it, 85% of college graduates that never work in the field in which they get a degree? <laughs> you know, to me, that's that's real, real, real wild. Um, but it's not a bash on college today. But, you know, it's just one of those things that we talk about because that is probably the biggest thing plaguing us today uh, for our age group. Now, I don't know what happened to Broom. Well, he's back now. So, yeah. So, <laughs> I was like, man, he just cut out out there. I was like, they got him. Now, um, I think Ed touched base on something I thought that was pretty important um, was eliminating rent. Uh, 
Now think about the freeze, right? How many people do you guys honestly think has paid rent, mortgage, power, utilities in the last four months? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> and thinking that they're in a situation in which you were able to eliminate that actual thing that you said, but everything's come and due. Like let's kinda let's kinda touch base on that right now, bro. How do you think those people are gonna feel once they figure it out? <laughs> They owe all that money. It's going to be overwhelming. I mean, I, everybody's doing Dave Ramsey, right? That's the thing right now, right? So one of his things is the average the average family can't handle a $400 emergency. Yeah. Right? So, and then on top of that, like, I remember before we left Miami, there was a huge, huge article that, like, 60 to 70% of the people... Cost of living is fifty percent of your income when it's when it's you know technically supposed to be thirty, right? Yeah, it's supposed 30, to be 30, your 30, whole baby. Your living is supposed to be thirty. Thirty percent. Self, not even not not including utilities. Rent yeah. itself is fifty percent. Yeah, of what people are making, and that's and I think that's a countrywide issue, right? Where mm-hmm. they've they've raised the cost of living no matter where you live now to the point where half of what you make goes strictly straight to rent. Real estate, baby. Invest. So, yeah. I mean, that, that it's going to be ridiculous when all of these things um, come due. How are you going to pay that? Like, I mean, I, I you know, I, I've been blessed to, to keep my job at. There was, there I, I was. Slim, you there? I have our savings if we weren't thinking ahead. And this was before COVID, you know what I mean? That, that wasn't on our mind. But if we didn't have some kind of uh, emergency fund set up and things like that, things could have gotten... Uh, yeah. to, to a very strict so i don't i don't i i don't know how somebody's going to deal with that i don't know how i would deal with that especially you know having my young son what what would you turn to right you know depending on where you're from your mind is going to go or you know even if you're not from there i mean yeah. it doesn't really matter like you're going to go to to desperate measures right i mean Man, at the end of the day i know ed's itching to jump in right now ed's itching to jump in we had we had we had a we had an off the record conversation and that boy slim was like it's about to get real wild in these streets it's about to get real in the field because you know with all this you know people about to get evicted Oof. you know and on top of that people not having money and then if things go south come November with the election, I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy out here. So that's just I, I'm I'm very I'm being optimistic, but I also not being foolish about what's to come. <laughs> it was like people gonna be running hey. up in people's houses, up in people's jobs, robberies, breaking stuff. So this 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 is gonna be mayhem if things yeah, don't yeah. you know get straight. Nah, definitely that's that's definitely right. wild. Like. I mean, I think even in the processing, me and Broom has had a conversation where, you know, I talked about the population of homeless that we have in our country, right? Like, we don't have an infrastructure set up to handle what will come if everyone gets evicted who is unable to pay rent due to the pandemic, right? I think we're, we're, we're still at record highs in unemployment in this country's history, Um you know, you mix that with taking away the uh, the 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 COVID assistant to unemployment. Uh, you take that to not being able to pay your actual bills in itself. And you know, I, I even take it back and still think you know during that time people made more money 
with that than they did at the jobs that you work. Like, let's let's, let's, let's think if you were working for, like, the YMCA, right? Take that for instance, right? But the YMCA shut down for however many months, right? That help from unemployment and the COVID stimulus really helped. Not only did that happen, but the Y was a company willing to help you get make sure that money came to you. So they worked on the behalf of all their workers to make sure they got unemployment, right? Not every company did that. Well, Broom, it's up to you to go down to the unemployment office to make sure this works for you, right? And not everybody had a company like the YMCA where they're going to say, hey, don't even worry about it. We'll take care of all your unemployment handlework, paperwork. We will tell them this is what we owe. You see what I'm saying? This is what we got to give you. This is what we got to do. And you have companies that were unable to do that, but put people in a position where you got to go down, stand in the long lines, wait a month and a half to see if you're going to even receive your benefits for unemployment plus what the COVID benefits would be because everybody didn't get the extra $600 a month. Like, you know what I mean? It, it was it was everybody delegated did. to see, oh, uh, you might be owed, you know, an extra 100 or extra 200 so, I mean, it, it, it all kind of based out to figure out how, you know, things are going to work. Um, I think we all want to jump into the one topic that's prevalent right now. And uh, the news stories. How do we handle our kids going back to school or not going back to school for some parents, right? Go ahead, bro. Jump in. Man, I honestly don't have an idea of how you would handle that. Um, you, like we've already said, you already closed down. So, so you, you can't just reopen. That's the problem. Like You can't just say, well, they need to go to school. Yeah. Right? Uh, um, yeah, we do need education, of course. I'm not saying it. None of this, none of we, I just want to say, none of what we're saying has anything to do with the need for education. I think the biggest issue is that um, the safety of, of children, right? You, you you said this disease is a very deadly disease. We said it didn't affect young people. Then we found out it affects anybody. Mm-hmm. And then um, most, most people are focused on deaths. And my concern, um, luckily my child isn't, isn't um, school age yet, but my concern even for my players coming back to school now, um, myself even, is, is the survival. The people who survive the disease and the chronic effects that can happen, right? Mm-hmm. You know, lungs, um, oxygen tanks, all kind of stuff. Heart failure, heart issues. I mean, you can become a, you can go from a, a, a fully healthy individual. Let's say tier one for those who have life insurance. You're a tier one health, right? And and <laughs> then you come out with a pre-existing, you pre-existing know, condition. condition after this, like pre-existing I, condition. Oh right. shit! He been the fuck with my life insurance, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. For those out there with kids, you know, and, and have, have gone through the life insurance gauntlet, like you know what I mean. You went from tier one to pre-existing condition in, in a few weeks, like bam. You don't know, and then uh, I know you brought. Right, and and it's just like man, I really, I really don't know. And again, as a as a teacher, oh, I, I don't know. I'm not a teacher at the moment, so a former teacher, I don't know how I would handle that. Um, especially that you know, you know, and that's the problem as a teacher. You know, they're not going to provide anything for you. They're not going to give you any masks. And if they give you masks on the first day, it's going to be one box or one bag with like five masks and the the standard. Um, big old Jerry Max uh, sanitizer that they give you at the beginning of the year. And then after that, it's on you. 
you. And it's, it's like, bro, first of all, teachers, are, you know, teachers, first of all, have to get a four-year degree. And then they're, I think they're like the lowest paid four-year degree bachelors holding out there. Like, I mean, I, I'm not saying that's not a fact. Probably but at the end of the like day, communication and, uh, and sociology. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I feel you. But, you know what I mean? So, you got, but you have have to have it to teach yeah. so you you're, you're you're extremely unpaid all of these things are going to come out of your pocket mm. and then on top of that they're kids yeah kid don't take anything serious oh. the building could be on fire in the classroom and there's going to be somebody to act like the, the fire isn't real like that that's just the the the, the nature right. of children so it's it's going to be it's a terrible thing and then as we you know touch on georgia right now like how are you going to suspend the kids for posting a picture in the hallway <laughs> You didn't, do that. you didn't do that last year? Nah, you nah, it's not that, bro. They can get suspended because they got caught. They get suspended because the school couldn't handle it. That's what happened. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You didn't suspend them in last year when they was taking pictures in the middle of the hallway in between classes on the on the bleach, on the on the lockers or whatever. But now all of a sudden, because there's no mask, there's like four kids with masks. They're all on top of each other. What do you want to do with a thousand kids in the hallway every every hour? <laughs> Every hour there's a thousand and kids in the school is undermanned, bro. Undermanned. Right. <laughs> oh, so, you know, I mean, I, I just feel for any teacher who has, especially working in a public high school, like my, my last job was at a public high school. Yeah. I My average class size was 50. 50 kids. To you? <laughs> to you, just you? To me. Damn. Just me. That sounds, right? that sounds like college genetics. I, I have four periods of 60 kids. Uh, one kid with or one my lowest period was thirty five kids, and that was only because that's I was teaching weight training, so that was the that was only because that's how much the weight room can handle. Yeah, it's a maximum thirty five people. <laughs> so every other class is fifty to sixty five kids, and I I taught all six periods. Damn. Right. More so when you think about you. it like that, right? That's just me. I couldn't in imagine. one class with a bunch of 15 to 17 year olds and I'm telling them keep your mask on stop talking like come on man like that's not happening yeah that's interesting son. go ahead and, uh, and, and and jump into how you feel about you know the whole school thing man so working from a school environment I feel like it can work from university college level okay but when we start talking about high school and kids middle school elementary school it's not going to work the, the report i read today says since two weeks from now ninety-seven thousand kids have tested positive for coronavirus <laughs> in the last two weeks and i thought kids couldn't get it from what they, they say uh, maybe kids don't, don't show symptoms but they're definitely going to spread it you know to other people or loved ones. Yeah. So, like, from where I am, I, you know, they have lessened the building capacity to 30%. You know, they are taking the measures where there's hand sanitizer every around every corner, two-person capacity in the elevator, um, plexiglass for teachers to teach that if there are going to teach in-person classes is limited to only a few classes, you know, per week. Mm. Um, so I feel like it can work. It's possible it could work on the university level, but I don't see how you're going to manage small children that don't even want to keep a mask on in a store in the first place. Yeah. So what do you think they're going to do when they're in the classroom? Ridiculous. So I just don't, I don't, 
I don't think it's going to work out well with, you know, grade school kids or even high school because it's, it's just they're not going to follow the rules to begin with. Hey, I think I think that's 100 percent. Like, I think uh, I think Ed mentioned, like, you know, if you, you think about higher education, you know, they they can almost handle higher education like a job. Right. Some people still got to go to work every day. Some people still got to be behind plexiglass every day. But you're talking about dealing with between 18 to however old you are when you go to college. Because college doesn't really have an age range, right? You can be 35 and decide to go to college. You can be 49, 50, 80 and decide to go to college. But on average, you're looking between 18 to, um, what, 20, 22, 22, 20, 24 years old in school, uh, especially at the uh, un- undergraduate level. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting that you mentioned that you think that it could work for the collegiate level, and uh, you know, I never thought about the collegiate level really when I when I when I initially thought about people going back to school, because you know, I always thought like, oh, they can go directly online. You're able to sit at home, sit in front of the computer, have the capacity to to do the job and go forward with that. But you know, I definitely carry everybody's sentiment dealing with school age kids. I mean, my daughter is turning four this year. So that means one year removed from school age. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, dude, I, I mean, I don't know what I would do because I think I'd be freaking out. I mean, I think we're blessed enough that if it did happen, we would be able to work off one income. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it's like, dude, I I just could not imagine because, I mean, just listen to Broom talk about how many people we had in class. That is something I wasn't privy to, right? I went to a small, you know, private high school. My man said he had 50 to 60 students in class. You, you're asking these kids to to stay apart when you haven't had a chance to have face-to-face interaction in four months, right? You're asking these kids to come into school and see that person you like and not give them a hug, you know? And not even just that, Ed, Ed also, you also mentioned you know, bringing it back to family members. You know, I, I even think for Brandon, you know, even touching fact on teachers' health, right? So he alluded to teachers' pay. Is there anything set in place that guarantees the teacher's salary if she does catch um, COVID from a student, right? Because parents were signing waivers to send their kids back to school. So if a kid right. catches it, you literally signed a waiver saying that the school is not responsible for any actions that happen to the kid on premises. But what about the teachers? Are, are are there anything set in place for teachers in a sense like financially if you have to stay out and quarantine for days? Because the truth of the matter is you guys don't, teachers don't make a ton of money. I don't know if you know anything about that, Broom. Is there anything added to that point yeah. for you guys? It, it depends on your district um, and, and your level, right? Because private schools are different. Um, yeah. For the most part, it's a contract, right? So that's the best thing, right? It is a contract. It's not just um, something, you know, it's not just an agreement. There's a contract year to year. So it's not like um, you have to stay at a certain school for as however long, uh, depending on your district. But um, so it's a contract year to year, and then a lot of places have unions. So the union is most likely working very, very hard to make okay. sure that if they do have to take a leave of absence mm-hmm. or they do come down with something that the teachers are covered at least the salary for that year. Okay. Um, I, I would I would assume that that would be something that is happening and, and it is a, is a major concern because I don't think anybody going back into the classroom as a teacher wouldn't be thinking like, well, if I do get sick and then I have to be out or if I can't, 
can't come back to work at all, I don't. I need to be getting paid. Yeah, you, like you know, gotta, the entire time. You, I mean, um, you're, you're putting yourself in the. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's really like an essential role that's being forced on you guys that, at the moment. Um, that's kind yeah. of outrageous. I think the hardest, the, the easiest way to answer that question is yes, I do believe there are some things, but I think it's, it, uh, it depends on your level. If you have mm -hmm. public school or private school, and then it also depends on if you have a, a teacher's union. Okay, hold on. I'm like frozen on my end right here, guys. Oh, snap. What the hell? go into like years worked and this is what we owe you because we are pretty much ter terminating you to hire somebody else to to come in and teach while you while you can no longer teach so it, it's i think i encourage every teacher out there to read their contracts join their unions if you haven't join them immediately um, most unions you you fall under their protection as soon as you sign up like yeah. you know even before you make your first um you know uh, payment do, of dues yeah, you do, yeah. Yeah, you're automatically covered. Um, I, I when I was down in uh, um, uh, what was I at Dade County, uh, I was definitely going to join the uh, United Teachers of, of of Dade because that's you know that's that's a great it's a great organization and they and they cover you. You know, at the end of the day, our country doesn't care about teachers. No matter how you slice it, no matter how we you know we can get into a whole different conversation there, but our country does not care about education the way that we talk about it, and we don't care. about about the people who provide it so um yeah read your contracts join your unions protect yourself because this this is where we're going to see america treats teachers like black people <laughs> all right all right so i think i want to jump back in a little bit on that topic um i think that neither of you guys have mentioned yet the potential uh a spread in a in a in a in an isolated area, right? I think I live in Cal I live in Cal I live in Coweta County, right? And I think about if we were that school in Paulden where, you know, all those kids are out there and you think about if you got a little a little brother at home, you know, and let's say you potentially attracted, but the little brother school hasn't shut down, right? And he goes to school after coming in contact with you and then they pass it that way, or little brother come in contact with, with parents, and especially parents that feel like this was so necessary that they were willing to sign the waivers to send their kids to school because they feel necessary to work. But what did those parents now do with those kids that had to come home for two days? I mean, it's not like your employer doesn't know that your kid goes to that school and not like that employer is like, um, so I still got 140 people that need to make me some money over here. So I need you to stay home. Right. And then how many people really have the infrastructure to stay home and not for 14 days and not be able to work for 14 days? You know what I mean? Like that, that's a long period of time to go with missing money if you don't have that sick leave accrued or you don't have personal time accrued, if they're not able to pay that. I mean, they might say you can keep your job, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're paying you. You feel me? I think even where I work, you know, we have um, what's called um, unpaid time off, right? You almost have hours and hours and hours of accrued unpaid time off, right? So the key is this, if you don't feel like coming to work today because you feel like some COVID-ish, right? <laughs> you can keep your job, but you ain't using that paid time <laughs> off, right? You ain't getting paid. So, so, so I'm, I'm asking the question, you know, 
How, how, how do we think we're going to be able to handle that? Because it's not just one family, right? Then it's every family in that kid's class, right? Because let's just be honest. Like, you know, do you really believe that your kid never took their mask off at all that day? At all? Right. Like, come on. Didn't, didn't share some Skittles. Didn't, didn't water <laughs> hey, hey, drink. Hey, hey, yo, let me, me tap that Gatorade right quick, bro. Right. Like, oh, what? Oh, what? Like, and then, and then you think about kids, like kids. Five, six, seven, eight. Wait, those are petri dishes, bro. Yeah, petri hugging, dishes. They, they, they got they got every germ known to man. I think it's so funny because usually, how does a cold get passed around the family? The kid comes home with the sniffles. Mama take care of the kid. Mama didn't get back in bed with daddy. Now daddy hurt after everybody else and got better. And he's sitting at home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Based on the concept. This has the ramifications to put communities, I mean, full-blown communities, out of work. Which is like, I, I think, like, how did we not think of that before sending our kids back to school? Because, I mean, the process is crazy. I mean, these people have families, you know what I mean? And you can't say, well, oh, if the kid was sick, but he's not showing systems. Yeah, what about asymptomatic? Like, we've been hearing asymptomatic the whole time. So you just spread the virus, but the kid may not have symptoms, right? But he just spreading to grandma, to mama, to grandpa, to auntie, to little brother, to, to now teacher and teacher to that family and vice versa. You know, with that all coming through into play and fruition, you know, to me it's just, it's, it's really insane. And I really am appalled by the government and school systems. And, and I understand the, the, the system in which we live. Like, you made parents sign a waiver to choose right. between their kid going to school and getting sick based on the fact that most of these parents don't work white-collar jobs, that you can have the ability to work from home and play teacher and work. You know what I'm saying? Like, these, these parents signed waivers. Like, yo, it's like me saying, okay, you know, I really, I really got to work, right? It's the only way we can keep our place. It's the only way I can put food on the table. But I got to send Morgan to school. But for me to send her to school, you're asking me to sign any, 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 any part of her getting sick away. You know what I mean? <laughs> to sign it away. Like, I can't come after y'all. Like, if, if, like Brandon said, if the school was not given the proper tools to keep the kids safe or keep the teacher safe, you know, you put yourself in a situation that's already lose-lose. It's a bad bet. You know what I mean? You're forced into a bad loan. It's like saying, hey, how you doing, Slim? You know, I know you want this car, brother, but I can give it to you for 19% interest. Yeah. But the car's, yeah. Only, the car's only worth $2,000, but 19% interest for 48 years, for 48 months. You know what I mean? Dude, you turn around and pay ten grand for the car. Does that make the same sense? No, it's a it's a bad bet, right? So, I mean, it's it's almost like you put people in a position to be in between a rock and a hard place. You should have thought about that. If you're a person that doesn't work a white college job that can work from home, just like I think I used to, I listen to this program all the time um, on uh, on the radio when I listen to the Breakfast Club. Called, we listen to the station in New York. And it's always coming on saying, hey, you know, if you want to be a caregiver and take care of your mom or your grandma, we can pay you to do so, right? Well, if you're a parent 
and you got to be a caregiver to your kids during COVID-19, well, we can pay you to stay home and be a teacher. You feel me? Like, we can put the progress up online. You stay home. You're able to watch because not every kid is 15. Not every kid is 16. Not every kid is 17. You know, in their senior year, 18, in their senior year of high school, right? But what about if your kid is, is, is elementary age? You don't have the ability to have somebody watch or have a five-year-old watch a three-year-old or a six-year-old watch your five-year-old. You know what I mean? Shoot, come back and your house burnt down. Like, I mean, there, it's, just, it's, just, it's, just, it's just a situation to me that is very shitty. Very shitty. I mean, all it's going to lead to is another full-fledged shutdown, and this time it's going to be a way, way, way worse situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're just waiting until the election happens, and then after that they're going to shut the whole thing down uh, yeah. once we figure out who's who. I ain't trying to jump into conspiracies, Ed, but I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> Do you think that this was a ploy to make sure everybody takes the new vaccine once it comes out? <laughs> I'm just going to ask. I'm just going to ask, bro. I'm just going to ask. I'm just going to ask. Because apparently, yo, if certain counties can give out these these, these Wi-Fi hotspots, every fucking county could have did that. Dude, you could have gave hotspots like Best Buy and all these teams could have partner with the government to 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 offer Wi-Fi hotspots to every single student in America. I don't care if you come from an area that you live where you got Wi-Fi and your parents can pay for it. Dude, every kid gets a Wi-Fi hotspot, bro. Every kid gets a Wi-Fi. And then if you have there and they give it back. You know what I mean? But every yeah. kid gets this Wi-Fi hotspot. Yo, you're a parent. Oh, you're a single parent at that and you got a kid? Dude, don't worry. Your salary's protected. Go ahead and go home and make sure that kid's all right. Like, that is what you call taking care of the people. It's not what our country's about. But, yeah, what you think? <laughs> that That's a whole nother segue in itself. Like, <laughs> I mean, what I think what could have been done better with a lot of people might not agree with is mandatory testing. Um, from, the, from the university level... From where I'm at, all the kids that are coming back on campus that are staying in the dorm, they have to get tested before they can come. So it's not it's not the the perfect answer, but it's it's something that can help out because the flaw in it is you get tested, but what if you get come in contact with somebody with COVID the next day, you have a flawed test. Yeah. So. And it's a problem. It's, it's kind of hard to manage because the turnaround time of getting these tests back is is way too long. Unless you're in the NBA. Bowl. So it's yeah, it's a it's an answer, but it's flawed at the same time. So there's really no way you can you can re, you can I really almost, fully manage it. I almost think like you know, um, what could have happened is like a stagger system, right? I think if if we take what Ed said, and if you decided to send your kid to school because it's still a decision, right? No school has gone back to school based on, like, it's mandatory for your kids to come to school, right? It's a choice you got to make. You either choose to have your kid take online classes or your kid gets to go to school. It's one of the two, right? Now, if you are choosing to bring your kid back to school, well, look, he has to test weekly or she has to test weekly based on the environment. And you kind of build a bubble society 
um, based around it, which I think could possibly work. I mean, I, I can't promise or say that, I, you know, I'm any person, ep epidemiologist or anybody like that, that can say, hey, you know, this right here is going to work for, for, for a fact that if we test these kids, you get a bubble like mentality. But it's, you also can can have what's called, you know, the herd, the herd immunity or, or hive like immunity uh, that that's given to people in this certain area. Right. And then you stagger per class. This class can't leave each other all day long. So if you're in fifth grade, well, guess what? For now on, you're with fifth grade. If we need to hire extra truancy officers or if we need to hire more teachers aides to, uh, in fact, put more people on the ground, like adults on the ground in school, pay these people. Make it worth their while, right? Hazard pay. Dude, come, 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 come be a teacher's aide. You're going to get paid $50,000 a year. Shoot, I know people that hop on that right now. If you're a teacher and you're doing this hazard pay, dude, automatically every teacher makes 90. You see what I'm saying? Put it up. One, teachers need to be paid more anyway, but I think Ed brought up a great kind of point. What do you think, B? Like, if you were able to manage that system, do you think it could work? Well, that's the system we're using here at our university, too. Everybody yeah. gets tested, um, moving into the dorms by appointment. Um it can work at our level, yeah. But I think you actually brought uh, brought up a good point when it comes to the lower levels of secondary and primary ed being that going back to self-contained classrooms. Yeah. And that way, yeah. possibly only cycling in the teachers. So yeah. that class is in the same class all day. All day. And you teach, you, you, you cycle the teachers down. in. That could actually be a, a viable solution. I didn't think about that until you just said it. Um, but, I mean, again, it, it'd be difficult, but it wouldn't be. Because you still have the same eight teachers that you're going to have for that semester, right? Yeah. But you're just in this classroom. Or maybe only two classrooms. Maybe the actual classroom and then the science lab. You're only, you only allowed in these two classes. And then, you know, you have your bathroom breaks. Now, again, when the bathroom, you know, with the bell rings, you're going to have the same issue as you had at the Paulding school, but I think at that school they're still going to every class like they would normally go to. Yeah, like Instead going teacher in coming in, in, teaching their subject, and then going back to their classroom as their and using it as their office. Yeah. Which I think actually, if you did that, it would work. It would be annoying, um, and it would be it would be hard for the kids because that's you know once you're in high school or even middle school, yeah. the changing of classes helps. Like the changing of classrooms, said even though they all the classrooms look damn near the same, changing it does help. To break up the day. I mean, not even that. I mean, you think about it. It's just it's just based on the fact that humans aren't meant to be in one spot for eight hours a day in general. That's why we have such bad bodies and bad immune systems right now in general. And why most of this virus attacks us is because you have human beings sitting down for eight hours a day and then sleeping for eight hours a day. So 16, 16 hours in your day are taken up by non-movement, right? It's, it's 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 not meant to do that. Like you're you're already breeding for asthma. You're already breeding for for things like that. Kids don't go outside and play play anymore. I think I had that conversation with somebody the other day. It's like yo, like you think about the underlying health issues that we have in in, in our country, um, and I say our country because our country has most of those underlying health issues. Like you know, kids in other countries aren't having asthma at the same rate we're having. Like you know what I mean? Kids in other countries aren't obese like our kids are in this country. So when it comes down to it, we have not put enough emphasis on on that movement type of lifestyle, which, I mean, I think those kids really only get that movement. You get to see people, see faces, smile, joke, giggle, laugh, have that availability. 
But I would also say, you know, maybe shorten school day. Maybe shorten school days, maybe shorten work schedules, right? If you're a kid, man, you only work four hours a day from here on out. You see what I'm saying? So your kid's in school for four hours. I mean, shoot, Sweden, I think Sweden or Finland has a number one school program in, in the world, and they only go to school for less for four hours or less every every day. No, no more than four hours a day do you need to be an instructional class to learn. You know what I mean? And that's where the process comes in is that everything we do is built to mimic everybody working. You see what I'm saying? It's meant to, to mimic your eight hours a day. It's meant to mimic getting the most from you where you have nothing else to offer, honestly, throughout the day. So 80% of your day is, is taken up by, you know, that process of that eight hours every single day and then the eight hours of sleep that's necessary. Did anybody want to add anything else to the to the topics for today? Nah, man. It's COVID can go deep. There's more you talk about it. So, yeah. nah, man. Dude, I think. Yeah. Well, it never ends, really. Nah, I mean, I, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think. Another topic that we can do maybe later on is how do you get used to the new normal? Because, I mean, it's not going nowhere in the next year or two. Um, the election won't change shit. Um, ain't nothing going nowhere in the, in the next two years. I mean, I think I was listening to a, a study on NPR that I'll end with where, you know, a guy spoke about it. And he was like, you know, if we can basically get to a, a herd-like or a hive-like immunity, you know, where people are going to school where people are going to work and those that are going to get sick will get sick and those that will eventually be able to beat the virus are going to be around one another what you're going to do is build basically a herd like mentality which we've done for different viruses that have hit the planet like you know you you hear different studies shutting down was good for us and then you hear that we shouldn't have shut down i mean i've heard different doctors say the same thing like you should have let it run its course immediately got over with it and COVID would be done with right now, you would have a death toll, but COVID would be done with. Like, your next generation, your next future, everybody else would be good going forward because it would have eradicated itself within its sense, right? But, you know, I, I'm like I said, I'm no doctor. I'm no scientist, so I, I don't really know what that really means. But I do think that it'll be interesting going forward to see what the new normal would be. I want to thank both of you all for coming out yet again for another episode of We Still Ain't Got Our Shit Together podcast. Uh, my brothers hopped on here to get, to give some some wonderful insight from you know us normal men that most people don't hear from on the regular because you're always <laughs> listening to the news and the media, which is definitely uh, agendavized. Uh, but yeah, I want to thank you guys for jumping on here, and uh, we out, man. Peace. Peace.